Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 3, the scripture says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Now you're kind of getting the gist of why baptism is important. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. If you don't get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you did not identify with Christ. Hmm. And so if you're going to be his and you're going to be where he is, you need to identify with him. Last week we talked about, I mentioned to you, that God will not ask us to do anything that he hasn't already done or is doing. And so whatever God is asking us to do, it's because he has already done it or he is doing it. And so baptism not only did Jesus Christ get baptized, but what he's also telling us is through our baptism, we identified with his physical death, burial, and resurrection. So when you get baptized, if you ever watch someone get baptized, it's amazing. Every time I see it, it, it never ceases to amaze me. When you baptize somebody, they get submerged underwater. It looks totally like someone went underground, like someone was buried and they was covered up with dirt. And when you bring them back up and watch them come out of that water and you said, my goodness, this is a miraculous act of God. And so when we do that in baptism, we identify with his physical death, burial and resurrection. So I can tell you many things why you should get baptized in Jesus' name, but because we're in this place on this topic today, you can see clearly why you must get baptized in Jesus' name. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, you see, it says likeness because you don't physically die when you get baptized. It's a spiritual thing, but when we do it, we we identify with him. We, we, we do it as a likeness unto his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. I like this stuff. Knowing this, that our old man, somebody say old man, is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Hmm. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. I want to talk to you today on this topic. The old man must die so the new man could live. The old man must die so the new man can live. The old man must die so the new man can live. Great and mighty Savior, Jesus, the great one, the only one, the only wise God, we call on your majestic name. 
your sovereign name, your healing name, your saving name. We call on that name this morning. And we ask you, Lord God, to help us today. We want you to arrest us and do whatsoever you please to us, in us, and through us. Lord Jesus, I pray that the power of the Holy Ghost will move among us and do only what the power of the Holy Ghost can do. Jesus, we're not satisfied where we are in you, Lord. We know you have greater expectation for us. We know you have greater things for us to accomplish in you. And so we today stand before you and says, we're not happy. We're not pleased for where we are. We want more of you. We want to get deeper in you. We want to experience your glory like we've never experienced it. We want to see change in our life, Lord God, visible change in us, Lord God, that we can remember that on the date of June, the, 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 the 28th, Lord God, at about 11 something, Lord, you changed my life. You changed my heart. You did something in me where I will never be the same again. In the name of Jesus, let everybody say amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The old man must die so the new man can live. The old man must die before we can live a victorious Christian life. You see, we struggle and we are challenged as Christians. And it's, it, it's just a thing where we got to keep on pushing and keep on struggling through. And, and, and I believe that there's some struggles in our life as Christians that God didn't intend for us to have in our life. Some struggles that God didn't put there for us, but somehow we are in that place where we're struggling. And I believe it's because the old man is still living. The old man is still alive and well in our life. And I want to tell you today by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost that if the old man is still living and alive and well in your life, you're going to struggle to be a victorious Christian. We cannot be victorious Christians with the old man hanging around, with the old man still having his way, with the old man just doing whatsoever he wants, and we just saying, well, you know, that's the old man, you know. We make mistakes, and you know all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know the things we like to say when we don't do right. You know all the excuses we make when we say, well, God understands, and God knows my struggles and God knows my situation. I know some of that may be accurate at times, but I want to tell you today, most of the time, it's the old man that is in you, that is still alive and well and having his way, and we can't live victoriously. The old man must die. If that old man don't die, it's going to be a great challenge 
trying to be victorious as a Christian. Many people who profess that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, as well as those who have been born again of the water of the Spirit, are still struggling to live a victorious Christian life. You know what I've discovered, and I don't know if it's just me, and maybe it's just me, but let's see. When I was in the world of sin, and I lived like the world lived and do like the world did, it was a lifestyle. It wasn't just something I did sometimes. I didn't just dibble and dabble. It was a lifestyle. And when I got into the church and became born again of the warden of the spirit, God delivered me. I realized that I've adopted a new lifestyle. So both lifestyles are really what they are. They're lifestyle. They're not things that you do here and things that you do there. It's either a lifestyle of righteousness or a lifestyle of the old man. And we can't dip and dab in the old ways and think that I'm just, I just made a little mistake. Hmm. A lot of times it's not just a mistake. A lot of times it's the old man that's still in control. When you allow the old man to be in control, your lifestyle has not been changed. I can't consider myself to, to, to be a Christian and then I start dabble over here and then say, well, you know, it's just a mistake here. You got to go back and look and say, is that old man coming back up again? That old man that I killed, is he the one that's coming back up? Don't make any excuse for what's going wrong, what you're doing wrong. Just understand that it's probably that old man is raising his head back up again. And you can't make excuses so you're wrong. Just understand it's the old man that's trying to get me again. We struggle with our walk with God. Today, we're up. Tomorrow, we're down. The next day, we're spiritual. The day following that, we're carnal. We are inconsistent in living for Christ. Inconsistent. We're like roller coasters. Because you got to realize that it's a lifestyle. It's not something you do or don't do. I told you a long time ago, we have missed it when we think Christianity is about the do's and the don'ts. Many people will come into an apostolic church and will say, I don't want to go back to that church because they can't do this and they can't do that. Well, you missed it because you thought that living for Jesus is do's and don'ts. When it's Lifestyle. Lifestyle make you understand this is what I do because this is my lifestyle. If I was living out in the world, this is what I do because that's my lifestyle. And so lifestyle is what we're dealing with here. The up and down. Inconsistency. We got to check ourselves and say, 
is this the old man that's flaring up or I just made a mistake? The old man. What is the old man? What is the Bible talking about when it says the old man? Old man is sinful and a corrupt nature. Our old man is our sinful and corrupt nature. When Adam sinned, his nature changed from righteous to carnal. From spiritual to carnal. From righteousness to unrighteousness. And so everyone that was born after Adam and Eve, we took on that nature of Adam and Eve. So the old man is the sinful and corrupt nature that is in us. The old man, the passion and evil propensities of the heart. The old man, the indulgence of sinful behavior. The old man. The old man is ruled by sin. That's the old man. That's the man that you became when you were born into this world. That's the old man. The old man is the man that you knew from the very beginning of your existence. The old man, it's your natural fleshly life. The old man, that's who you was when you first came out of your mother's womb. So you're familiar with the old man. You know the old man. It's a wonder why the Bible calls him the old man because it's what you're familiar with. It's what you've lived with. And when the Bible is talking about the old man, it's talking about whether you're man or woman, male or female. It's talking about you, who you are and were when you first came out. The life that you live, that sinful nature life that we live. The old man. The old man is ruled by sin. The old man, check out what the old man produces. The old man produces evil and impure thoughts. Make no mistake about it when you have evil and impure thoughts. That is not of God. It is the old man. The old man produces an eagerness for lustful pleasures. The old man. Again, we talking about lifestyle. The old man. It is filled with pride. The old man. So prideful. The old man is selfish. All about me. That's what the old man is all about. You can't see outside of you. Everything must revolves around you. Like you, Jesus. We talked about in our Sunday school adult class this morning, we talked about stewardship. And what we talked about was there is nothing that is in your possession that you own. None of us owns anything that is in our possession. 
the Bible says, naked we came into this world, naked we will go out. Which means all that we possess, all that we indulge in, all that we do while we're living is all temporary. It, it, it is not something we can take with us when we die. It is just in our possession for a period of time, which means God has allowed us to have those things, to acquire those things, and be stewards over those things. And so God will, at some point in time, reckon, come back to you and say, how did you handle the things that I entrusted in your care? What did you do with the time I gave you? What did you do with the abilities that I gave you? What did you do with the monies that I allow you to receive? What did you do with it? Because it didn't belong to you. Because if it did, you could have took it with you when you died. If it did, you could have kept it for all eternity. But you can't. Also, too, when you came into this world, you didn't have anything. So whatever you obtained, it wasn't yours. So God is wanting to know why are we so prideful? Why we're so selfish? It's not ours anyway. He wants to know. The old man produces hatred and fighting. The old man produces jealousy and anger, and constant effort to get the best for self. I always struggle in buying people gifts. Those of you that have known me a long time, you probably realize I'm not, I'm not a big gift giver. I like to give gifts. But here's the problem. I can't give you anything that is not something I would want. And because I'm picky, when I go to shop for someone, I'm going to be picky. So it, it takes a long time for me to try to obtain a good gift for someone because it takes me a while to get something for me. I just don't get it. I got to size it up. I got to check it out. I got to compare it. I got to know everything about it before I can finally make the purchase. And so it's tough to always get a gift for someone because I'm looking to get it. I want to make you feel like, wow. I want to wow you with whatever I give you. Because when I get something for myself, I wow myself. So whatever I'm trying to get for someone else, I want to wow them. I want them to feel like, wow, this is really good. And so very seldom I can do that. I usually get to do that with my mom. I can size her up and so I can wow her real easy. But it takes me a long time. But we can't be selfish and wanting everything to be for us is the point. You got to say, I want to be one to give to others, to, to, to make them appreciate things. Just like I get stuff and I can appreciate it, you want to give to others stuff, good stuff, so they can appreciate it. When the last time you gave somebody something that means something to you? I got this little thing that I do. Um, if someone came up to me, I shouldn't be telling you all this. Someone came up to me and says, I like so-and-so, and it can fit them. I usually give it to them. Because I want to keep myself in check to say, because there's nothing that I wear that is just like, whatever. Everything that I wear, I appreciate it. 
I appreciate it. And so nothing that I wear, I don't uh, not appreciate. And so I have this thing where if you come up to me and says, you can't say that to me today because I got to go preach someplace. But if you came up to me and you said, I like that, I would give it to you. And the master at this is Pastor Warren White. The other day, I saw this really nice tie. Brother Christie did this to me too. I see this really nice tie, and I got it, and I put it on. And I wore it to district conference up in Sea Caucus. Now I'm loving my tie. I'm excited. It's matching real good. I'm like, ooh, my tie is, mm. Brother White saw it. I like that tie. Said, no, we, I knew he was going to do this to me. I knew it. Loosen up the tie and give it to him. I like the tie, but I feel good that it's something that I'm attached to that I can say here because it's my way of keeping myself, you know, in the right place and making sure I don't become so selfish that everything has to be mine. Brother Christie did that to me too, and they always get the ones that cost a little bit of money <laughs> because usually you get what you pay for. And if you're going to get a really nice tie, you're going to pay a little bit of money for it. Very seldom you get a really nice tie that's cheap. Normally you get a nice tie, you pay a little bit of change for it. And so they see me coming with my tie with all my teeth. They say, look at him smiling. And then they see the tie. We getting that. But that's, that's, that's what I told myself I would do. But we can't be selfish. The old man produced selfishness. The old man produced hatred, and I want everything for itself. The old man complains and criticizes. When you find yourself complaining and criticizing all the time, the old man is working. The old man is alive and well in your life. When you find yourself always complaining and always criticizing, the old man is at work. Mhm. Mhm. The old man also likes to have wild parties and get drunk. Yeah. 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 Old man like that. And so when you find yourself wanting to party and drink, that's the old man. Can I tell you that Partying and drinking is a lifestyle. The old man likes it. The old man gets all excited when the old man is sipping and partying. And we don't realize that that's the old man. We make excuse. Well, what the old timers say, a little wine is good for the stomach. Now, I'm not telling you that alcohol, in some respect, can help you with sickness. Never forgot I told this story many times. Years ago, I don't even know my grandma remember. I had the fever, flu, something, whatever. And we boiled a dragon stout or Guinness stout, boiled it like tea, and I drank it, went under the covers, sweat my flu out, my fever out, whatever it was, and I was good. So alcohol can do something, but, but, but when you're drinking and saying it's good for the stomach, it's the old man. Let me see you in the bed curled up and sick and somebody administer it to you. But when you want to take the sip, it's the old man. Somebody help me in this place today. The old man is the body that is 
that, 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 that is possessed by sinful behavior, the, the lower nature of a man. Sin wants to be our master. We don't realize that, that sin, when, when, when sin is in your life, it is your master. We like to think that we're in charge. We like to think that we have everything going. We like to think that it's all good. When sin is in your life, it is ruling you. And you can lie to yourself all you want. I remember when sin ruled me. When, I get, when we get saved, sin shouldn't rule us. Sin should only rule us when we were not saved. And what I mean by that is when, when sin is ruling you, it means you're sinning even, 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 every day you wake up, you're just sinning. You want, in your mind, you know I shouldn't, but sin just make you. Because sin is your master. But I don't know about you. Do you want sin to be your master? Do you want sin to just 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 control your life? Oh, you're gonna sin today. Oh, you're gonna do this today. Oh, you're gonna do that today. You gotta get beside yourself and say, I can't let sin be my master. Mm. It can be controlled either your body can be controlled either by sin or by God huh but man's fallen nature gives sin an opportunity to establish a beachhead in our body then take control what am i saying what i'm saying is your body is neutral there's nothing wrong with your flesh this flesh that we say is our worst enemy. That's not really accurate, but I know what we're saying when we say that. Your flesh, your body, the members of your body, Sister Chanel, is neutral. It's not good or bad. It's neutral. Just like we, technology is neutral. We can use technology to do bad or good, but technology is neutral. Twitter can be used to do God stuff or old man stuff. Facebook can be used to do God stuff or old man stuff. But it's neutral. It's not bad. It's not wrong. Hmm. Same as our body, our flesh. There's nothing wrong with it. God created it. There's nothing wrong with it. But because of our sinful nature, that nature within inside of this body, because of that nature, we're desiring to do evil. And so because of the nature, it's easy for sin to grab a foothold of us because sin is saying, I know what your nature is. And if I can just grab a foothold in your life, I will take control. I will set up a beachhead in your life uh, and I will dominate you and I will control you. And I will rule you. I can't let sin rule me. I cannot let sin control my life. I cannot let sin set up a beachhead in my life. I must have God control my life. We need to fight to have God control our life. Nothing wrong with your body. It's neutral. 
But the old man, the nature, the old man, the nature of the old man is trying to control us. Sin wants to be our master. It finds a foothold in our old nature, the old man. Through the old nature, seeks to control the members of our body. Mm -hmm. Our old man, sinful nature, look at this, is a mindset. The old man, your sinful nature, it's a mindset that you have, that you have established. And so, we're living our life through this mindset that we have. But if the mindset is the old man, that sinful nature, then it's going to dominate you. And when you think you're doing good, it will turn out to be wrong. The Bible says that in the last days, we will call evil good and good evil. You know why we can do that? Because the mindset that we have, whatever the mindset is in our mind, we see things that way. We operate that way because it's our mindset. And no matter what anybody tells you about it, that that's not right or that's not good, you says it doesn't matter. I don't agree with you because your mindset says this is what I do. The mindset that you have, if it's the old man, it will dominate you. It will control you. And you will call what you do wrong good and call good wrong. The mindset. It's a mindset that we're dealing with that is dominating us. And that's why we can't see straight because we've allowed that mindset. It's a part of us now. And it's working in us and it's just dominating us. It controls everything. Oh, God. Our mindset. The old man has been around a long time. The old man has been around a long time. So the old man has set up a beachhead in your life, that sinful nature. And now you have a mindset that you have not broken. It's a mindset that has not been broken. Your mindset, check this out. Your mindset determines how you act. No matter what's going on, no matter how things are, your mindset will tell you how to respond and tell you how to act because your mindset is the thing that you are coming, the place where you're coming from, your, your, your thought process, uh, how you process. It's, it's coming from that part of you, and so you act according to your mindset. Mm -hmm. Your mindset motivates you. Hmm. So, 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 so depending on what my mindset is, there's certain things that will motivate me. What motivates me? The mindset that I have now, I'm motivated to go to church. But before I was born again, the mindset that I had, I was motivated to have fun on Sundays. My mindset before I met Jesus was Sunday is a rest day. Sunday is the day that I just do what I want. And everybody leave me alone and let me do what I want. I worked all week long and I don't have time for nobody. It's Sunday. Leave me alone. That was my mindset. 
But mindset now say, Sunday, I go to church. So church motivates me because of the mindset that I now have. Your mindset influences who or what you chooses as sources of knowledge and authority. Let me say that again. Your mindset influences whom or what you chooses as sources of knowledge and authority. Your mindset will tell you where to obtain information. Your mindset will tell you who to respect and allow to have authority in your life. Uh huh. So your mindset chooses for you who should be authority in your life. <laughs> Which brings me to this point. This is pretty funny. For years, a lot of pastors didn't realize that people make you their pastor. You can't make yourself be pastor of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't make myself pastors of people because people's mindset will determine what they want. So if you say, he ain't my pastor, I'm not your pastor. But if you come and say, he is my pastor, then I am your pastor. So as pastors, the people that decide you're going to pastor them is who determine that, not us. But that's a mindset thing. Your mindset tells you, I want to pastor in my life. Or your mindset says, can't nobody tell me nothing. I know the Bible. I remember years ago, me and my good friend, Pastor Warren White, he had just gotten to church and, you know, we had just got done doing a Bible study. And I told him, um, he said to me, the next time you get a Bible study, I want to come with you. I said, okay. So we knock on a door one time, talk to a guy. His name was Cisco. Cisco. Well, it was San Fran Francisco, but Cisco. We found out as we started teaching the Bible study that he was like a hitman for the mafia. <laughs> but Cisco wanted the Bible study right here in Hamilton. And so we went to Cisco's house and I said, all right, Brother White, you teach the Bible study. I'll sit in and just, you know. And Brother White started teaching. He got the Bible study chart. He started teaching. I think after our second time going back, Cisco said, shut that Bible study chart up. I want you to talk to me out of the Bible. I don't want to look at that thing. So he hit me. <laughs> so <laughs> Brother White shut it down. And he started talking to him. And so we went on and went on and went on. Eventually, Cisco came to church. Cisco came to church. Came to the balcony one night up in, it was a Thursday night, I believe. Came to the church, went up in the balcony. Church was rocking. Cisco decided he wanted to give his life to God. We took Cisco in the back, baptized Cisco in Jesus' name. We kept on doing the Bible study. But after a while, Cisco started reading the Bible. And through reading the Bible, Cisco believed that he don't need any man. He just need to believe and answer to Jesus. I never seen Cisco again, never heard anything about him. He just said he doesn't want to do the Bible study anymore. He just want to listen to God. Mindset. Where did that mindset come from? He a hit man. 
he don't answer to nobody. Even the guy that might send him out to do stuff, he still feel like he had some power over him because he's doing his dirty work. So again, your mindset is what controls the old man. Your experiences in life is what controls the old man. And so if you're going to ever allow the new man to live in your life, you're going to have to change your mindset. What else does your mindset do? Your mindset affects your view of every experience. So when we come to church, all of us are sitting here. And depending on our mindset, our view of what's going on is all different. Your mindset. Sister Thomas and Sister Allen, I can tell their mindset is, I'm here to worship God. I'm here to praise God. I'm here to give God the glory. I'm not saying all of you didn't do come to do that. I'm just telling you, Mama Allen and Mama Thomas, they show through their praise and through their worship this morning that they're here to give glory to God. They're here because their view and their experience in life is just to give God the praise. But some of us have come to say, what kind of word will I hear today? I want to hear something I've never heard today. Some of us have come today because it's the right place to be because we're supposed to be in church but what is your mindset what is it causing you to do when you hear this word I'm preaching today because God wants us to kill the old man so the new man in us can live and if we don't get a hold of the new man so the old man has to die we will never be victorious Christians what are you here for today to just hear a good word uh, to just get your ears tickled uh, or to say God whatever you say uh, whatever you speak uh, whatever you teach uh, whatever you put in my heart uh, I want to do it uh, I want to prepare myself uh, for heaven we are in the end times people we are in the end time. You think it's a coincidence why we just passed the law to say it's okay all throughout the United States for people that are gay to get married. You think it's a coincidence? No, we're in the end time. And whatever that seems right in the eyes of man, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to call evil good and good evil but God says, so shall it be in the end time. So shall it be in the end time. Our mindset shape our value system. Our value system. What, what, what will you value the most in your life? Depending on your mindset, it will tell what you value most in your life. Our mindset dominates our private and public life. You can't hide from who you are. And we, and we try our best to, to, to do that. But you can't hide from who you are. Your mindset will always dictate and show you who you are. We have to stand up and say, for God I live 
for God I die. This old man that's in me, I know I was born with a sinful nature. I know that my nature is not good. I know that my nature is ungodly and sinful. But now that I know I am going to crucify, I'm going to kill this old man. I'm going to destroy this old man. Because if I have to live a victorious Christian life, this old man has got to go. Somebody need to tell themselves, this old man has got to go. This old man can't stick around. This old man can't dominate me. I got to kill this old man. For me to live, I have to kill this old man. Jesus says, I've come that ye may have life and have it more abundantly. And we can't have abundant life because the old man and the new man is trying to exist at the same time. The Bible says, no man can serve two masters. You either going to serve the one and leave the other. You can't serve God and the old man. You can only serve God and kill the old man. God says, I will not share my glory. I am a jealous God, and I will not allow you to serve me and to serve the old man. Choose who you will serve this day. Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to serve? The old man? Who are you going to serve? The old man or are you going to serve God? What are you going to do? Let the old man control you or are you going to let God control you? Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. It's time to give God the preeminence in your life. We are in the last days. We are in the end time. You don't know how much longer you have. You could walk out of here today and drop, fall down on the sidewalk and never get back up. My stepbrother called me up the other day. My mom called me and told me, your stepbrother in the hospital. I said, what happened? She said he had a heart attack. No, stroke. He what, one year older than me? Nothing wrong with him. Was just carrying some water and all of a sudden, numbness, numbness. Couldn't control his foot. Didn't feel good on the left side. Went to the hospital. He had some blockage. Looked healthy to me. They ran some tests, gave him some medicine that's working and his blood is flowing back again. My point, you don't know when you're going to fall down and never get back up. You never know when you're going to lose out. You never know when you're going to die. And it's crazy to cater to that old man. And when you die, if you've been living for that old man, you are not going to see Jesus. You will not spend eternity with Jesus. You can't let the old man dominate you. The devil knows he only has but a short time. The devil knows that he will not see God. He will spend eternity in the lake of fire. And he's saying, I want to take as many as you with me as I can. Are you going to let the devil make you a part of his army? Are you going to let the devil say, come on with me? Are you going to let the devil take you with him? He's trying to take as many of us as he can. He knows he only has but a short time. He knows his times are limited. And so he's trying to take all of us with him. We got to get rid of the mindset. The old man has created a mindset. The old man has generated, has established a mindset in your life. Listen, 
Oh, I can feel this in the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. Stop playing pity party with yourself. Stop telling yourself that it's just the situation. It's just hard. I feel the Holy Ghost. Stop telling yourself that this is just what happened, that this happened to you. Stop playing pity party with yourself. Stop thinking that, you know, oh, this is just so hard. If you will trust God, God says, are you kidding me? My ways are better than your ways. Are you kidding me? You think God? God can't make a way? You think God can't do what he needs to do? You think God can't bless you? You think God can't prosper you? You think God can't help you? You got to trust God. God wants to help us. God wants to deliver us. But we got to trust him. You can't sit here today and let your old man get the best of you. You can't sit here today and just be in a pity party and think you are trapped and think you don't have a way out. God says, I will make a way out of no way. God says, I will make a way for you to escape. You don't have to be in a situation that you're in. You don't have to live the way you're living. You don't have to be who you are. God says, I will make a way. I will make a way. I will deliver you. Let me put it in my terms. Don't sleep on God. You're sleeping on God. You're underestimating God. You have not decided that he's the all-powerful God. The Bible says he's omnipotent. It means that he's all-powerful. The Bible says he's omniscient. It means he knows and everything. The Bible says he's omnipresent. He is everywhere all at once. You think he can't do it? You think he can't do it? He's come today to break that mindset if you will let him. He wants to break that mindset that you have in thinking that you got to keep doing what you've been doing. He's come to break that mindset. He don't want you to come to church and just have church as usual. He wants you to come into his house brand new. Worship him and praise him. Oh, somebody, you need to trust God. Oh, somebody, you need to praise him. You you need to worship him. You need to lift up the name of Jesus. Oh God. God said the old man needs to die. The old man needs to die so the new man can live. When a seed is planted in the earth, Check this out. You know, I always tell you, the physical will always help us to understand the spiritual. When a seed is planted in the earth, it appears as if the whole body of the seed is perished. All the seeds, as they are commonly termed, are composed of two parts. Every seed, seed of things that you plant so it can grow, they're composed of two parts. The germ, which contains the essentials of the future plant. 
and the loaves or body of the seed. The loaves are called the body of the seed, which by their decay in the ground becomes the first nourishment to extremely fine and delicate roots of the embryo, which is the plant. A seed, when it's planted, is just a seed, but the seed can contain two things, two parts, a body and what is called a germ. When the seed gets planted, uh, the body dies, uh, and the body begins to be the thing that nurture and, and, and produce uh, what the, the roots of that seed will need as the seeds start to grow. The germ in the seed is what lives and produce the plant. Uh, what am I trying to tell you? Uh, when the old man die, then you will begin to experience the new life that God had intended for you. The Holy Ghost, if he's in you, when you let this body die, you will begin now to produce fruit. You will begin to grow. The reason why we can't grow is because we have not died. The old man is still living. But when you kill the old man, you will see that you will begin to die to grow and produce the nutrients and to produce the fruit and to produce all that God has for you. We're not producing because the old man has not, the seed cannot grow until it gets planted. The seed cannot grow until it dies. As long as you are living in the old man's stead, as long as you're living as the old man, you cannot, you will not be the new man that God has called you to be. Stand with me. When our old sinful nature is dead, our new man will live. Anyone who kills the old man is free from sin. Death brings about release that cannot be reversed. Death brings about release that cannot be reversed. When something dies, it can't be resurrected again unless God resurrects it. This is why I told God to let me speak freely this morning, not hold back because of my own way of doing. But this is why the scripture says, until the husband die, you hear this, baby? Until the husband die, you're bound to the law of the husband. Only death can release things that can't be reversed. Only death will cause you to live a victorious Christian life and not go back to sin. We're going to have to die to ourselves, our old man, to never go back. I didn't say you wouldn't slip. The Bible says, when you're born again, you're born of the Word of the Spirit. When, before you were born again, your nature was that sinful nature, that old man. When you become born again, you get a new nature. 
that's why we can say that we're not sinners as Christians. We sin, we're not sinners because the nature has been changed. And as a Christian, I would hope, I know for me, when I sin, I'm not comfortable with it. That's when your nature has been changed. See, when your nature is not changed, when you sin, it's just, oh yeah, this is what we do. This is what we do. Your pride say, yeah, this is what we do. So the old nature, when you sin, you don't feel bad. You might feel bad if you get caught doing wrong, but you don't feel bad as the old man when you sin. But as a born-again believer, your nature should be changed. So when you sin, you got to be uncomfortable. you got to run to Jesus. Lord, help me, Jesus. This is why repentance is how you kill yourself. You got to run to Jesus. Philippians 2 and 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. When the old man dies, automatically the new man, you're supposed to have the mind of the new man. The new man. Your mind is supposed to be transformed. The old mind is not supposed to operate anymore. It's the mind that is now in you, which is the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 4, 23 and 24 says, and I'm finished right here. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Look at 24. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Take off the rags of the old man and put on the robe of the new man. are believers to renew their mind. Here's some tips. Be involved in activities that renew your mind. Be involved with activities that renew your mind. Here's something that can't be changed and we don't realize it. I had an issue, and I probably still do have the issue, and that's probably my issue, an issue with us as ministers, preachers, pastors, telling people they need to come to church. And I think my issue is not telling people they're coming to come to church. I think we need to do a better job explaining to people why they need to be in church because you need to be in church here is why you need to be in church why is it that it seems like Christians are not strong like they used to be I can tell you real easy what it was or what it is 
we go to church less now than we did back then? That's the answer. Because the more godly activities that you're a part of, the more you will grow and the more your mind will be on the things of God. We used to go to church sometimes five times a week, four to five times a week. That's good. That's good. And now, because of our social media, we only go to church once, maybe twice, and no extracurricular activity in church. And what that does is it makes you a weaker Christian. It makes you more susceptible to doing wrong. And it let the old man get some strength. Oh, help me, Jesus. When you kill the old man, you can't do anything to resurrect the old man. Whatever you feed will become the strongest in you. If you feed the old man, the old man will get strength and dominate you. If you feed the new man, the new man will be strong and dominate you. We're feeding the old man a a whole lot by coming to church once a week. We are. This is not a message to make you feel like you need to come to church. Do you need to come to church? Yes. But I'm telling you the truth about why you need to come to church. We need to strengthen the new man and let the old man be dead. Don't give the old man an opportunity to be resurrected. We need to kill him and leave him dead. That's why it says we got to do activities that will renew our mind. We got to pattern ourselves after God and not after the old man and not after the world. Stop trying to fit in in the world. We've been that's been just killing us. Ladies, stop fighting about how you look and how you need to look. The Bible calls you a royal priesthood, peculiar people, holy nation. You are the apple of his eye. Do you want to just look any kind of way? Do you want to let the people of the world entice you more than the one that says, you are the apple of my eye? Why are you worried about how you look? Just do it. Kill the old man and stop worrying about how you look. study and apply God's word so that it changes their behavior from within. We got to kill the old man. And I'm going to give you five minutes up to you to come to this altar and between you and Jesus, you kill the old man. You got to truly repent and ask God to forgive you. You got to acknowledge that you've been doing what you wanted. You've been pleasing the old man. I don't have much time. I told you I got to preach somewhere at in a little bit. But if you interested in killing your old man, please come quickly to the altar. Come quickly to the altar. Come quickly. I know you're saying in your mind, you can stand back there and pray. That's the old man. If in your mind you can stand back there and pray, that's the old man. <laughs>
because I'm asking you to come to the front and kill the old man. If you stay back there, that's your old man, and you ain't killing that old man. If you're going to kill that old man today, in your heart, in your mind, you feel like, I don't want to listen to him. I don't want everybody to see me coming to the front. That's you. But if you want to kill that old man, just take a step to the front and say, this is me initiating, killing this old man. This is me stepping forward to kill this old man. This man that's been dominating me. This man that's been ruling me. This man that's been controlling me. I'm ready to kill this old man. For no longer will I allow this old man to dominate me. No longer can the old man rule me. I will allow the new man, the new man, God in me, the Holy Ghost in me. I will allow him to dominate me. For you see, God is the one that cares about me very deeply. God is the one that loves me very deeply. God is the one that wants to do things in my life. God is the one that wants to do those things. He loves me. He cares about me. He will do whatever he needs to to help me to be who I need to be. The old man don't care nothing about me. The old man only cares about him. The old man only wants what he wants. But I'm here today to say, Jesus, murder the old man in me. Jesus, annihilate the old man in me. Jesus, destroy the old man that is in me uh, that he will never resurrect uh, that he will never get life again uh, I want the new man to dominate me uh, I want the new man to live through me uh, I want the new man to reign over me uh, talk to the Lord somebody ask God to forgive you for your sins uh, tell God you know you have let him down uh, you have failed him uh, tell God you know you have done wrong uh, tell God you realize uh, You've been playing around and telling yourself you're doing right. But you knew you was doing wrong. Tell God right now that you repent before him. Tell God you realize the error of your ways. Tell God today you want to die to the old man and be resurrected in the newness of life. Jesus, raise up the new man. Raise up the new man in me. Raise up the new man in me uh, that the old man will never get up again. <laughs> Let the new man dominate me. Let the new man dominate me. Let the new man control me. Let the new man take over me. Let the new man rule me. Let the new man strong arm me. God, go against my will. Go against my nature of ungodliness. That the new man can work and live in me and through me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Talk to the Lord. Come on, somebody. Express yourself to Jesus. Tell him all that's in you today. Nobody's listening to your prayer. You pray. You talk to your God. You tell him you're crying out for help. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Break every chain. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. 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 